This week on The Guest Cast, we're bringing you an aha moment, a light bulb moment, a short snippet from a vacation rental industry expert about something that's impacted their idea of guest experience. This week, you're in for a big treat. We've got the founder of Boostly, Mark Simpson himself, sharing a captivating story about a delicate situation he and his family found themselves in while hosting. In his words, it's a story that sums up hospitality to a T. Let's have a listen. Hello, my name is Mark Simpson, and I want to tell you about the time when we saved a guest's life. So my role now as the founder of Boostly, I share tools, tactics, training, and I do podcasts, I do videos, but there's a side of me that not many people know about. And since the age of four, I've grown up in the world of hospitality. I grew up on a 200 acre farm stay bed and breakfast. It was in the middle of nowhere in the North Yorkshire Moors. And in the 90s, my parent had the, the foresight and the, sort of the forevision, if you want to call it that, to transform their 200 acre farm into a bed and breakfast. At the time, the economy was going a little bit south and they didn't really know what they were going to do. But, you know, they took the brave steps of tearing down a barn and then putting in four bedrooms. This is before the age of social media. This is before the age of OTAs. And they literally relied on word of mouth and newspaper advertising with a little scattering of magazine advertising here and there. Thankfully, it was really busy, really popular. And a couple of years later, they tore down another barn, added on another 10 to make it 14. And then they opened the tea rooms. Very quickly, it started to get very popular, not only with local tourists or travelers, but also as well people from around the world and, uh, you know, all over the place. We used to attract young and the old families, people traveling solo, people with their dogs, you know, we, we, you name it, we've had all types of guests over the years. Me, myself, my personal journey in the age of uh, 20 in 2002, I embarked on a six-year coaching soccer around America adventure to come back to the family business in 2012 with my wife and my eldest, Alfie. It was during the time from 2012 to 2016 where we really got stuck involved with the business. By then, my parents had had it for about 25 years and they were looking to retire. Me and my wife, uh, we took the business online. We took that offline word of mouth. We put it online and we started to get more and more people discovering us. We started to do weddings, we started to do events, you name it, we were growing. There was never a day from June to September that I remember taking a day off. They were our busiest times and we would be up at early in the morning, would go to bed late at night. We hadn't developed outsourcing. <laughs> we tried to do it all ourselves. We were these stubborn Yorkshire farmers who were trying to do everything ourselves. And this one time, this one memory really sticks out to me because it was a busy August day. We were very busy in the tea rooms. We had a full check-in and check-out. And there was a couple that were going to be arriving to stay with us. We didn't really hear from them beforehand. And we definitely didn't have a digital guidebook that we should have done. Hint, hint, touch day. But what normally happens is that the guests will allow to be checking anytime after 3 o'clock up until 9 o'clock. And about 3 o'clock, which is our peak time in the day, because the tea rooms are busy, People are coming up for food and lunch. It's the summer holidays, so we've got you know well over 100 people fr flying in here and there, maybe even more. We've got a full staff rotor on. People are running around. Kitchen's busy. We get a phone call. Now, normally, I reject the phone call because we're busy, but for some reason, we picked it up. 
I believe it was my mum who picked it up first and then passed it to me because she was busy in the kitchen. She was like, you deal with it. <laughs> and it was the hospital. And uh, the conversation was really confusing because they had a, a couple, and I won't say their name, um, but the couple had had an accident. And this couple were elderly. This couple hadn't really known what was going on and for some reason had found himself crashed. The car was a write-off, memory loss, and they were shaken. Now, unfortunately, they had a really old cell phone on them. It was like those Nokia, you know, 3310s. And they only had their daughter's numbers in there, but they hadn't stored their daughter's number by their name, which is important for the story. All they had on them was a, a printout of their email confirmation. And the email confirmation for their stay said the granary. People at the hospital knew who we were. They called us. The cars are right off. They don't know where any family are. And they said, are you going to come pick them up? Now, this is the middle of our busy day. Um, nobody to go to. And this really sums up hospitality. And this is the ha aha moment that I want to share everybody to you. This industry... This business, whether you call it short-term rentals, whether you call it hospitality, whether you call it vacation rentals, whatever you want to call it, the core of it is hospitality, to be hospitable. And this industry lives and dies off the people that are working in it. And if you bring it down to the basics of being hospitable and being a nice human, then good karma will come back. Now, we could have quite easily said, listen, we're really sorry. We are so busy here. We've got no spare staff. People are coming in and going. We can't, we can't go get them. Can they just get a taxi? Now, they didn't have any money. They didn't know what to do. They're pretty shaken up. They just wanted to get into warmth and into a bed and relax. So we did what we had to do and we went to go pick them up. We dragged my dad, who was also doing haylage at the time. He was a busy farmer. So he stopped doing that. He went to go get them. Brought them back. We put them into the room. We let them have a little rest. And then we began the process of trying to find their family because we, we felt that their family needed to know. They were due to stay with us for a night, but obviously they weren't going anywhere because their car's a wreck. The husband and the wife combination were, were pretty badly, badly, badly shaken. There was no actual physical damage. It's more the shaken. As in memory loss, they didn't know where they were, who they were. You know, they had a cup of tea to calm down a little bit. And we began the process of trying to find their family. Now, bearing in mind... They had two daughters, bearing in mind that the daughter's numbers were not saved in the phone. They had no Rolodex, black book, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and we even asked them what their daughter's names are, and they couldn't remember. This is how badly, I don't know if you've ever been into an accident, but when you are in an accident, you just, everything goes, and your memory goes and everything. And like I say, they were just a bit shook up. Now we had to find them, we needed to find them. It was important that we found who they were. So again, bearing in mind, this is a really busy day. Luckily, about five o'clock, the tea rooms had started to slow down. We're about to get ready for evening meal. It was a full restaurant. And as well, it's not like it was just me and Laura. We had two boys at the time, so we had a family to feed and whatnot. What we did was we took the phone and we started to call. And all the information that we had was that he had two daughters. One lived in the central of the country. I'm not going to say where. And one lived down south. The person who lived down south, the daughter who lived down south, all we knew is that she worked in a garden center. Now, when my granddad was alive, he used to be 
a police officer, a detective. I absolutely fascinated, but I always wanted to be a tech tech detective. I always wanted to be a police officer growing up. And um, I literally had the opportunity now to become Mr. Mark Detective. <laughs> so we started calling. We started asking questions. Through some divine miracle, through a text message, we were able to decipher one of the daughters. Now you think when you call a family member and that family member finds out that their parents have had an accident, you think that whatever they were doing, they would drop what they're doing and they'd come and drive to Scarborough and come and see if they're okay. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. The person that we spoke to was a bit blasé about it all. She tried to explain that her partner had got a very important job and he couldn't finish early because it was a very important job. We later discovered that very important job was a security guard. Now, not to dismiss security guards, I know you've got a very important role, but it's not like you're working for the government. <laughs> you know, so we were dumbfounded to say the least. We hung up, we explained to the parents that they couldn't make it. They were very upset, as you would be. So we set out to try and find the other daughter. And again, the only information that we're going off is that they work in a garden centre somewhere down south. He described that where they lived, there was a bridge, there was a coastline, and so we, we sort of came up to the conclusion it must be somewhere, um, you know, down near Dover, etc. So we, what did we start to do? We, <laughs> we started on Google Images. We Googled um, coastal towns with a big bridge going over the top with a, uh, a town and a garden centre. And lo and behold, one of the third, founds, third searches that we did were able to find something that looked like it. We called, there was three garden centres in that town. And we called all three of them. It feels like an episode of, or a story, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. The first one <laughs> was not right. The second one was not right. The third one was delicious. Well, that, the third one was the garden center. And we called her up. And it was a really awkward conversation because we had found out from the sister that the other sister was called X. I'm not going to say what her name. Let's just make up a name. Let's call her Kelly. So we spoke to Kelly. We explained what happened. We explained that their sister couldn't make it. And she very quickly thanked us and hung up the phone. We gave her our number. Within five minutes, it was a call. It was a sister. It turns out the other sister had called and, let's just say very politely, told her to get up as soon as possible. So we were full. We had no space. Um, so what did we do? Hospitable. We made room. We moved things around. We made it happen. We had three holiday cottages. One of the holiday cottages was empty, was vacant. We put one of our guests in the holiday cottage and we made room for their daughter to be able to come up. The daughter arrived at nine o'clock at night, showed her to the parents, and then we let them go. The next day, they checked out. The next day, they went back home. And for a few weeks, we didn't hear back from them. A few weeks later, we got a letter, a lovely letter from the partner saying how much they appreciated our help, went out of our way, and they said that they promised to come back next year, which they did, the whole family did, which was, which was great. That, to me, sums up hospitality to a T. You go above and beyond to make sure that your guests are okay and good things will come back. I say there's so many stories I could have given. That is one of the main stories, and that's one of the stories that I put in the Hospitable Host book. If you've not checked it out, Google Hospitable Hosts and you will see the best-selling book, part of 40 other hosts and stories from around the world. 
definitely recommend it. Thank you very much for letting me share my aha moment. A slightly different from what you normally hear from me at Boostly. If you don't know what Boostly is, go check out B-O-O-S-T-L-Y.co.uk. But that's my aha moment. Thank you so much, Touch Day, and thank you for being awesome. I shall speak to you all very soon. Maybe you have a travel or hospitality story you'd like to share on the guest cast. If you do, head to touchday.com forward slash podcast and send us a brief outline of your story. And as always, remember to subscribe to the guest cast on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a five-star review and say hello on our social media at Touchday Welcome. This podcast is brought to you by Touchday Digital Guidebooks. Learn more about how Touchday can help make your guests happier at touchday.com.